to the sponsor of this season of the Healthy Dog Pod, Field Day. Field Day is an Australian-made and owned dog health and wellness brand that creates products to help your dog live the best and healthiest life, inside and out. Field Day has a range of whole food meal toppers that target the top four health concerns for dogs, joints, digestion, anxiety, and skin. They're also really easy to use. You simply add them to the food that your dog already loves. You can also look after your dog's skin and coat health with Field Day's brand new grooming range. Field Day also donates 1% of all online profits to Pets of the Homeless. This is a charity that works to help keep vulnerable people and their pets together by alleviating the burden of providing essential pet care during times of hardship. You can shop the Field Day range online now at fieldaypet.com.au and use the code HDP10 for 10% off site-wide. That's HDP10 for 10% off. Now it's time to get to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. It's Sophie and Ian as always. And today we have Yvonne from Pets of the Homeless. Hey. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. That's good. So do you just want to tell us what Pets of the Homeless is about? Sure. Um, our mission is really simple. So Pets of the Homeless, what we do is we work to help vulnerable people who are either experiencing homelessness or at risk of homelessness, keep their pet through difficult times. So we do this um, in a few ways. Uh, So we provide assistance with pet food, we help with veterinary care, we also help with emergency boarding and foster caring, and, and a whole host of other stuff. So we usually say anything that we are asked to help with, and if we could, we would. Yeah, wow. And, um, I would love to know a little bit more about like, I guess like just start us off with a bit of your story. Like how, how did it start off? Like what made, yeah. you, uh, yeah. What, what, what's, what was the inspiration behind it? Um, I, I there's no, there, there is a guy who is the inspiration. I always say that he's him he and his dog, his name is Warren and his dog is Jezza. So I used to live um, in the city of Melbourne. I don't know if you've been to Melbourne, not during COVID times, but, you know, previously we would see a lot of people on the streets, unfortunately, with their pets. Um, oh, no, sorry. Sorry. I just had a call comment. Um, yeah, so we used to see a lot of people on the streets with their pets. And um, I would always, you know, want to stop and talk to them. Um, and one day I did. I saw a guy there and then, you know, um, I started to have a chat to him. And he told me about his life story and about his dog. And then I said, you know, was there anything that you need? So I went away and bought him some food and bought his dog some food. And then basically that's that's how it started. Um, and then, you know, I would, sorry, uh, one second. One second. I'm so sorry, guys. There's people just messaging me at the moment. This is a problem when you work all the time and uh, unfortunately things doesn't stop, although you're doing a podcast. Okay, sorry. 
yeah. So mm-hmm. that's how I started. So I would see uh, Warren and Jezza or kind of on a weekly basis on my walks, I guess. Um, and they used, used to sit outside of my apartment where I live. So, yeah. Um, and then I moved away from the city, um, but I would still make the track to the city every day, uh, every day, sorry, every week to, you know, um, keep in touch with them Um and I guess, yeah, I wanted to do more from that. You know, I thought, you know, maybe there's something more that I can do than just having a chat to someone and buying food for them. Um, and I'm sure there's more than one person. There's a lot of other people out there in the same situation. Mm. So I looked uh, and researched into charities that are doing something similar. And, and yeah, just to see where I could help because it wasn't my intention to actually start a charity. I wanted to volunteer for a charity. Um, and yeah, I couldn't find anything. So I thought, you know, um, why not do something about it? Yeah, that's pretty mm. amazing. And, yeah. um, and it's grown now. It's grown uh, quite substantially. We, we got to see the warehouse earlier. Yeah. yeah. And um, how many people uh, have you helped today? And wh- when, when did this start? I can't remember if we've actually said that date. No, yet. yeah, no, no, sorry. Um, yeah, so it was started in um, 2015, so about July 2015. So how it started was one day. So the idea of starting Pets of the Homeless actually came to me about two years before I actually started the charity. Because as I said, you know, it wasn't my intention to start a charity. I wanted to volunteer for one. And just the thought of actually starting something, it's quite scary. Because when you start thinking about what you need to do, how much time and money and effort that goes into it, I sort of went, I don't know if I could do this. Um, So yeah, so for two years, I didn't really do um, anything. Um, I was running an online business at the same time and then one day I just thought had enough with this Um, I want to do something more meaningful with my life so it was literally one night I was sitting um, in my lounge room and I and I thought okay I'm just going to start Pits of the Homeless and what I did was I just went on Facebook and started a page called Pits of the Homeless um, and I called it Pits of the Homeless Melbourne because you know I'm not going to be that ambitious now it's called Australia uh, although we we are not exactly uh, uh, national yet but we do help in other states um, so yeah we started with Pits of the Homeless Melbourne and and then the next thing was I had to obviously invite people to like the page because I thought you know what's the point of starting something if I'm not being held accountable so I thought I'll start inviting people um, to like the page because once they're on there I have to do something because you can't just start a page without anything Um, (laughs) yeah so I started the page invited a bunch of family and friends to like it bought some food online, went out on the streets the, the same week and yeah, never looked back. So I went out on the streets every single weekend, um, dragging my suitcase around because um, pet food is heavy. Um, so yeah, so I would, you know, walk around the city, talk to different people. Um, and yeah, that's how it started in 2015. Wow. Um, and I'm assuming, like, how, does, how does it work logistically now these days? Because we, like I said, we saw that warehouse. We saw how much yeah. how much is involved now. Yeah, is it a case of uh, you, we're still taking it out around in suitcases. Have we got vans? Have we got collection <laughs> points? Yeah, what, what, yeah. yeah. now. Okay, so I guess you know it's a, well, it's a long story if you wanted to hear it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we started by or I started by you know walking down the streets every week. Um, obviously there's limitations to what you can do you know um, you can't see as many people and you can't help as much 
but you know that was a starting point and um so can you hear that uh it's the rain no you can't hear it okay good because yeah it's just it's very loud um yeah so then the next step was you know i wanted to partner with other organizations who are already out there helping the people so not necessarily the pets but the people so mm -hmm. places like soup kitchens and food pantries oh. where pe pe people are already going to um get food for themselves um you know and that's a way we could tap into that people are already there instead of me actively looking for someone people are already going to these places looking for assistance so i started distributing pet food to other organizations um we started with one then went to another one and then yeah so now we've started now we've grew to about 50 organizations that we work with and we call them our community partner organizations um, so every week we would pack the food and then we would deliver it to them and then to people who are there to access food for themselves can also get something for their kids yeah wow yeah, yeah. that's massive yeah um do i continue because it's yeah. a long story yeah, uh, yeah so yeah so that is how we started with pet food and then obviously as we know you know um pets do need a lot of other things other than just pet food so mm -hmm. then we start looking into um it, we at the start it wasn't an official charity it was just someone wanting to make a difference i was just going out on the streets doing what i can um but you know i could see the support from the community so like i said you know the facebook page i every week when i go out i will take photos with the consent of the people course um and i'll post post it on facebook and tell them you know what i did that week um and the, the support just came rolling in so people wanted to donate um money donate items but i said to them you know at that start when when we were not a charity i would only accept donations of items mm -hmm. but yeah people wanted to give me money you know so then i thought okay like maybe this could you know be something and yeah, so with with funds, we were able to actually do more and help with vet care as well. Yeah. That's amazing. That's huge. And do you have a team around you, or is it just volunteers? Uh, I no. Now I do. Um, you know, it was a hard slog for the first few years, um, but you know, we're lucky. We are, I've got volunteers to help. Um, but now we're at a point where I have two staff, and. And, and a team of volunteers, which is which is amazing. So we grew it to a point where it's the main thing for me is always to be sustainable um, and to grow it to a point where, you know, I mean, I see a lot of people say, oh, you know, with small charities, why do you pay? You know, they, they have an issue with us using funds to pay staff. But I said, you know, every charity needs to grow to a stage where it becomes sustainable and and we need to be there 24 well not 24 7 or at least nine to five every single day for people when they need help you know volunteers are great but they have their own life they have their own work as well so you know it's very ad hoc when we when we work with volunteers but you know with the staff we can keep our doors open six days a week so now yeah we're open six days a week uh you know people can uh, reach us um you know during business hours um yeah, anytime they want, basically. After business hours, we still do the work, you know, but at least, yeah, we, we want to say we, we're there for people when they need us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And like, yeah, that, that, the money that comes in, that making it sustainable is so important because yeah. something we see so often, like not necessarily with, with charities on, on, on the same level, but like yeah. uh, in the rescue world, we see so much burnout. And 
good intentions are fantastic mm. but if the people with those intentions and doing the work burn out yes then it can fizzle away and it can go and it can become nothing and the money is important it it, it does make it a like you said, a ded dedicated team of people to actually make sure that this becomes a, a reality that mm. is dependable. Yes. And that dependability is something so important to these people. You know, it's it, it just knowing that you're there would provide so much comfort. And it is so much more support than just the food. You know, we saw the coats, we saw the vet care. There's so much more. Yeah, and the most important thing that we do is actually taking on the pets um, themselves when their owner needs to go to the hospital, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, so we offer emergency boarding and foster caring. So that was the other thing that we moved on from after, you know, we have food, then we have vet care. And I used to do all of this out of my house. So, you know, yeah, it came, yeah, so it came to a point where, you know, I just couldn't, like, every single room is filled with pet food. Um, you know, I even have a photo of um, I was fostering two kittens at one stage and they were sleeping on top of piles of food as their bed because there was just so much food. Um, so then I thought, you know, logistically, it wouldn't work for me to keep going on this way. So I, I put a stop to the pet food program back in, I think, 2017. I said, you know, we need to fundraise and make sure we can move into a warehouse then we can just go bang 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 from there you know but instead of just keeping you know keep chugging along and doing this it's not gonna it's not gonna help me grow it's not gonna help the organization grow so you know so sometimes yes you do have to pull back a bit in order to actually you know scale up so i pulled back on the pet food side of things and then we focused on vet care and then at the same time um, I, you know, put together a plan in place for emergency boarding because a lot of people, the main issue is people entering crisis accommodations, you know, they are forced to give up their pet because places don't take their pets. So, you know, it's not that they want to give up their pet, but they just don't have a choice. It's either roof over your head or you give up your pet. And that's why you see a lot of people, they choose to sleep in their cars, they choose to sleep on the streets. It's because they don't want to give up their pet. Um, and it's not an easy decision to make. I mean, as pet owners, you know, I'm sure you guys would understand. That's not a decision that I could make either, you know, to either have roof over my head or to give up my pets. I would, to be honest, I would rather not give up my pets, um, especially when your, your situation is that dire, that all you have left is your pet. And that's your only constant, you know, um, everything else you can't control, but your pet is with you. So you want to make sure that you, you keep that pet because it's your safe space and your safe, um, you know, that connection to people as well. Um, yeah, so we started with helping with emergency boarding, then unfortunately that becomes very expensive because, you know, it costs about $30 to $40 a day to put them in a kennel. Um, so then I worked um, to map out a foster program so we can um, place the animals in homes, in loving homes, you know, temporarily from, you know, three months to six months until people, just give people time to get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, and so that, that's where we're at. So, you know, we've got, you know, um, the foster program in place already for the last two, three years. And we have taken in over, oh, I can't remember now, but hundreds of pets, um, you know, and that has allowed them. And they stay long term. A lot of them, they do stay over three months. Um, you know, to, there's one, the longest one was 19 months. So we... <gasps> Yeah, it was 19 months because COVID didn't make things easier. It was harder for people to find um, accommodation. 
But um, so we work with individuals like on a case by case basis, because if we can see if there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel for them, we will hang on to the pets until they can be reunited. But unfortunately, some people are just in a situation where, you know, they know it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be hard for the pets. It's not going to change anytime soon. And unfortunately, um, they would make the option to surrender, but it's very rare. So most of most of the time, about 95, 96% of the time, we reunite people with their pets. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's something that we're really proud of. Oh, that's lovely. And I was I was going to ask that question about COVID because mm. you're in Melbourne, obviously, yeah. in your sixth lockdown, I think you said before. Yeah. yeah. Um, how have you coped with that, with COVID? Because I'm sure there would have been an increase um, of people becoming homeless and having pets. Yeah. So it's good and bad at the same time because obviously the government had to put in a response measure for people who are sleeping rough on the streets during, um, you know, the, the height of COVID. Um, they were put in um, hotels. So some of them will allow pets and some don't. So then they would work with us to, to look after the animal side of things. So they would place people in the hotels and we would take on the pets so that, you know, people can access accommodation. But a lot of them were offered... Um, a temporary accommodation just so they're not on the street so that you know um the you know COVID doesn't spread as fast um but that's temporary so now you know people after that they're back on the streets again so it's not really a long-term solution but yeah there is sort of a respite during last year now to be honest I'm not too sure because you know it we didn't expect it to drag on for this long, um, but they have come up with something where they, they're trying their best to put people into permanent accommodation because the hotel situation, that's just a band-aid. So that didn't really help, um, you know, um, but it's a quick fix. Um, and, you know, we're glad that it was there because people are able to um, get themselves somewhere safe um, during COVID. Um, but yeah, and the other thing we notice is also every time there is a lockdown, um, and especially now when we're at the sixth lockdown, people's mental health are actually suffering. So people who are not necessarily experiencing homelessness, but their mental health is just deteriorating and they need to seek um, support. So they're entering into mental health facilities, you know, and there's no way for their pets to go. So we support them with that as well. So we take on the pets while they get the treatment and then we'll reunite them. How did, um, that, that, how did that even come around? Because that that seems like you know, a bit of a jump from what where the people that you were supporting to mm. the people that you're currently supporting. Um, that's, that's, a big, that's a big jump and potentially a big jump in the future if that was to continue yeah. um there's a lot of uh unknowns isn't there when when lockdown ends as to what what the future holds um and again like this is where you're gonna need a, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that we're just making this people aware of this because yeah you're gonna need some support <laughs> yeah because the thing is you know the name what you know I, to be honest I don't really like our name because we don't I, we don't call as an organization we don't call the people that we're supporting um homeless people so we always make sure we address them in the right way that gives them dignity back so we always said their situation is temporary it doesn't define who they are mm -hmm. so you know how we we address people is people 
experiencing homelessness. That's the first you know group of people that we would help. So we don't say homeless people because then you're just putting them in the category. They you know they they're people just like us. They're just experiencing homelessness. But the name pits of the homeless. It's easy because you're not going to say. Pits of the people experiencing homelessness. It's a, a mouthful. So, you know, the name is good because it, people know who we help and what we do. But the problem is also then people, you know, are under that perception that people that we are helping are only people who are sleeping rough and people, um, you know, only experiencing homelessness. But the fact is that we do help people, any people in need. So whether you're at risk of homelessness, you're experiencing homelessness, or just in, you know, any financial hardship or just anything so if you're in need um you know and uh you need us we will try to be there for you yeah mm. so wow. really and you're also you said before you know you're not just melbourne you've kind of branched out over australia as well uh oh, yes and no so the name now is pets of the homeless australia but what we do really is in victoria that's the majority of our work but when we so we don't advertise um that you know we are interstate for example but when we get inquiries from interstate if we can help we will help so obviously nothing phys that requires us to be physically present um you know taking them to vet uh, appointments or you know taking them into foster care because it's just Victoria at this stage so mm -hmm. if we were to help with paying for their vet bills uh, or paying to get the animals into a kennel those kind of stuff we can help and we have helped nice mm. amazing yeah. wow <laughs> yeah, no, it's so much like you are yeah. doing an amazing job and um, how, how many volunteers do you have so you only have staff of two and your volunteers helping you how many are there uh we have about yeah about 60 odd volunteers for the general pet food bank so they yeah. come in every saturday um you know they spend about three hours with us and they would pack all the food um i can show you around again if you want you know so everyone yeah, can let's, see let's yeah okay i'm just gonna walk around <laughs> what okay. and while you're walking you know yep. um remind us and again i can't remember if you actually said this during recording but yeah. how many people have you helped so far how many people is hard to actually calculate because we yeah so we can only calculate things that you know um like how much food have we given out because right. once it hits the organization it's up to them to distribute to the people so if they don't give us a number we don't know but it'll be in the thousands because we um every single month we distribute about uh 25 to about thirty thousand meals so, you know, about that much. Um, wow. So I'll just show you. So, yeah, so we get donations and we also purchase food. And, you know, they're in big bags, you know, dog food, 15, 20 kilo bags. Um, and then what we do is we repackage them into bags so, like this. Yeah, yep. so we've got a big old, big old bag of uh, dog food in front of us and that's going to go out to the organizations like soup kitchen and and the others homeless organizations right yeah yeah so so it's easier for them to distribute as well because you know can you imagine carrying a 20 kilo bag um, obviously <laughs> it's hard um and yeah so we've got here um so we don't just give up uh food we give out treats as well you know we've got treats so we make um little treat bags um you know because all good doggies um deserve treats 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for anybody that isn't able to watch the video right oh, now, yep. what we're doing is walking around the warehouse and we can literally see just rows and rows and rows of food and food. other supplies yep. um, that Pets of the Homeless are uh, stocking to be able to help uh, Pets of the Homeless. Yeah. So flea and warming treatment. Yeah. Uh, yeah so anything that a dog needs or a cat needs um we have it um but i must say that um, we do get a lot more donations for dogs versus cats again it's the perception that um people who are helping are actually people who are sleeping rough so you know and when you see someone that's sleeping rough usually they will have a dog rather than a cat but yeah we help just as many cats as we do dogs wow. so how can anyone help that's listening right now? Like, how can we donate? How can we help or volunteer? Yeah. So volunteer at the moment is difficult. Uh, we are not accepting any new volunteers other than foster carers um, at the warehouse because we're quite limited to how many people we can have, you know, safely with social distancing and everything. Um, so, yeah, so we don't need any volunteers for our pet food bank, but we are in need of a lot of foster carers. So if anyone yeah, is able to you know, open their homes and hearts to help you know, another pet in need, um, we need more people who can take on big dogs. Um, because, yeah, that's what I think a lot of people, not just us, are, are finding that difficult. Um, a lot of people want to, you know, foster the small, cute ones, but all the big ones, no one really, you know, want to, um, yeah, foster them, unfortunately. Um, also cats. We have a lot of cats. And um, as you know, you know, when you have one cat, you will have another cat and another cat. So you never <laughs> just start with one cat. So sometimes we will have cases where someone, you know, has five cats that we have to support. So, and we have to split them up into different homes. So that takes up a lot of um, foster carers already. So, yeah. yeah. So especially if you have no pets, um, definitely foster because, you know, they can you know, provide you with so much love and companionship and we provide you with everything else. So we support you with the vet bill, we support you with the food, um, everything else that they need um, when they're with you. All we need is just your home and yourself to, um, yeah, to care for them and look after them and, you know, to give their owner some time to get back on their feet and then, yeah, hopefully a reunion in the, um, in the future. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we include all of the appropriate links and everything in our show notes uh, to be able to contact you, uh, donate and reach out about fostering so that hopefully this can reach a few people and we can mm. help with support. Yeah, and donation at the moment obviously has slowed down a lot because we're in another lockdown and people can't come into um, the warehouse to donate. Um, so, yeah, if you could help with a monetary donation, that is always best because we do buy the food uh, and we buy them in bulk. Um, yeah, and then it helps us as well to redirect the funds to where it's needed most because whether it's um, vet care that they need or, you know, when we can't place an animal into a foster home, we would still, you know, put them in, in a kennel. And so, yeah, that costs money as well. Um, and we also started this thing. Um, oh, I can't remember whether it was last year or this year. So to be honest, the the, the past couple of years, it's just been a blur. Um, but, yeah, we started this thing called a farewell fund. So for people, um, uh, how do I put this? So the farewell fund is for people who are about to lose their pet. 
um, and we help with the cremation costs and also yeah so the euthanasia costs and also the cremation costs because you know we don't really think about stuff like that but it is a privilege to be able to put your animal to sleep uh, you know when they need to um, yeah and and sometimes cost is a barrier and that's why you know animals are left to suffer just because I know vets would do it at no cost if it comes to that. But the thing is, people don't, people might not necessarily know that. So, you know, they think I can't afford to go to a vet. So, you know, I, I won't put my animal to sleep, you know, I'll just you know, let this go on. So, yeah, we provide that so that people can actually, you know, um, humanely put their animal out of um, any suffering, you know, that they might be um, facing. And also then to be able to have their ashes back with you. For me personally, that's a very important thing. I have so many of them, you know, around my house of all the animals that has been with us. And in a way, I, I know they're not with us anymore, but just in a small way, just having their ashes back with us, it, it does, you know, kind of feel that void that they are back with us. Um, and I don't know if it's something that crazy pet owners think, but you know, I'm one of those crazy pet owners and yeah. Um, and it just gives me a lot of comfort, you know, so to be able to help someone with that, I think, you know, it's, it's such an, an honor. Um, and I know it kind of deviates a little bit from our mission to keep people and pets together, but in a way I, I still see it as keeping them together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's, it really is about supporting the people experiencing a really you know that 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 situation that you wouldn't wish on anybody and yeah helping them and their pets through that is mm. is their mission essentially mm. and any any way we can do that is yeah valid yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so if we you know funds go towards that as well um but yeah so we always say you know donations of funds is um the best way you can support a charity. I understand that people want to be able to, you know, feel good about, you know, giving something physical because they can see it's tangible, but, you know, seriously, money is the best because you, that charity can spend it on whatever they want and, you know, whatever is needed at that time. It's not very sexy to just, you know, click a button and put in your credit card details. But at the end of the day, yeah, it is, yeah, to us, it's, it allows us to plan, you know, allows us to go, hang on, I have these funds here, you know, and especially for people who make um, a, a monthly donation, it allows us to plan better. So we know that the funds are there, we can use it for certain things. Um, so yeah, so if you're in the position, understanding with COVID, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs as well. So, um, but yeah, if you're in the position to do so, um, yeah, that would help us a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Yvonne, we're going to say thank you so much for joining us today. Um, yeah. It's been a real privilege to get to know you a little bit and learn more about what you do. Such important work. And um, yeah, it's couple of times there I, I i'm not i don't normally well up i'm not normally <laughs> the emotional one on this podcast and that's usually me i'm usually yeah. crying <laughs> a couple of times there that's really got me um yeah really thinking about things today so i really really appreciate your time oh thank you i mean i think yeah thanks for having me um as well because i think one of the things that's important is getting the word out there um you know when i first started the charity a lot of people said oh i 
I think the thing that I've heard a lot at the start was, you know, if someone can't uh, afford to look after their pet, why do they have a pet? You know, it was very mm. negative. Um, but, you know, over the years, we have started to slowly change people's perception on things and how they... Um, I don't how, how yeah uh, sorry I can't talk <laughs> but yeah how they see things in a different way you know because I'm like put yourself in the situation because especially these past two years we all know how things can quickly change and yeah people who are have never thought of themselves as being at risk of homelessness are now you know one we're all at risk you know we can be one paycheck away so you know it's making people understand that so yeah we do see a lot of people say you know I know what you do I know your mission and and I support it because, you know, I understand how it feels. Whereas back then, uh, you know, there's less of that. There's less understanding. Um, yeah, so it was more judge, judgment um, from the public. But, yeah, we, we have seen that shift. And, and I think, yeah, that, that is, to me, that's more important. I think that's a really important point. You know, there is, in one sense, having a pet, in one sense, is a, is a privilege. And we're so fortunate to have them in our lives. And... Mm we bring them into our lives knowing that we should be taking responsibility for them. But the people in these positions haven't chosen for this to happen to them or their pets. And I've, I've personally have uh, worked with some people experiencing homelessness on the behavior of their pets. And the people I've met in that, in those positions, they certainly didn't choose for this to happen and they deserve all the support they can, they can get. It takes a lot of, I don't know what the word is, but to be able to ask for help when you're vulnerable yes. isn't easy. Yes, yeah, certainly not easy. And um, so when they're when they're reaching out asking for help, you know, so we want we want to be there to help. So I the way I see it is, you know, instead of just judging, um, if we are in the position to help, we should help. Yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter what their situation is, um, you know, but if they are coming to you asking for help, you know, it takes a lot of guts, a lot of courage to do that, then, then yes. So, you know, we're in the position to help. Yeah, we will just do that instead of saying, you know, you shouldn't have a pet because, you know, you can't afford A, B, C, D. Um, yeah. 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 That position is very important. Mm. Yeah. That's a nice note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Yvonne. It's That's a, okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Dog Pod. We know we did. Thank you again to our sponsor, Field Day, for making this season of the Healthy Dog Pod possible. And remember, folks, a healthy dog's a happy dog. Woo! And that was the pod. The Healthy Dog Pod.